0: You know, just say you know, because a lot of people who are entrepreneurs come in. They think they can just kind of, kind of waltz in and and the political system, and it doesn't work that way. You ha- really have to become
1: part of the ecosystem. Welcome to Twenty Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Hello and welcome to episode 150. I cannot believe we're already at 150 episodes. This is just incredible. Today we have as our guest, Josh Becker, a candidate for California State Senate. Josh is a public interest entrepreneur working at the nexus of community activism, technology, and social justice. He co-founded New Cycle Capital and was CEO of Lex Machina, sold to LexisNexis, which pioneered data and AI for law. He also founded the FullCircleFund.org to fund nonprofit organizations working to build a better Bay Area. Josh earned a joint MBA and law degree from Stanford University in 1999. He is presently a candidate for California State Senate. Josh Becker, thank you for joining me on 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to do this. I know you just got back from a long trip, so I really appreciate it. And I know how busy you are. Brief background, and then I'm going to ask so many questions because I know so little about the things that you do, uh, you know, the, the, the scope of the things that you do, but they're so fascinating. So uh, Stanford Business School, but also a law degree from Stanford, always thinking about, you know, public interest entrepreneurship. What does that even mean? I can sense by the name, but I don't really know. Uh, the Full Circle Fund, uh, helping nonprofits, I think you've deployed over a hundred thousand hours of help through that incredible, and you're running for state senate uh, this year, uh, which I also I'm, I'm excited to learn about what that transformation is like and what it means to innovate within government. Okay, let's take a break now. Josh, tell me who you are, please. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, it, this is really fun.
0: I really appreciate you having me. Um, yeah, and thinking about it, I mean, there are themes that that run through all that, and for me, it really is innovation. I love innovation in any respect. So whether in the private sector, in the nonprofit sector, or now in the government sector. And, you know, for me, that's really been a theme. I actually started out more on a public policy basis. I mean, out of undergrad, I was really focused on environment, uh, environmental activism, went to DC, worked in policy, worked in some campaigns. And it was almost a fluke, really, that I ended up in business school. But, um, in in between the time I applied and I came out, I got involved with a guy named Jack Hittery, starting an early internet company called EarthWeb. And this was 1994, early days of the web, uh, You know, bringing a physical computer over to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, showing them the web, saying, hey, we'll build a website for you. And I got really involved and by the time I, I came out to Stanford you know, in 1995, uh, I was like, wow, this is really a great place to be. And um, so I got really into innovation in the private sector in the early internet days and ultimately in, in clean tech. Um, and I began to see a way to really meld my common interest in the public good with um, innovation. And I did it both in uh, what we call impact investing. And this was in the really early days. We started to fund uh, in the impact investing space, which actually is now growing. And we're focusing on, on businesses that had a real social impact.
1: So clean energy was one of them. Wow. And that's, but I that's, that's pretty, that. you know... I, I go to quite a few of the classes at the business school and i and a lot of my friends are at the Stanford business school it's pretty rare that somebody uh, comes in there and goes out of there with the sense of responsibility of uh, you know devoting most of their time to doing social good a lot i mean right there is a trend and a lot of people are saying yes I want my business to do social good but you're saying it's 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 about the social good it's not about necessarily just the business the social good is the motivation it's not just a by it's not it's not just you know a con a, a buy consequence right
0: yeah and I see i mean personally I see a lot of young students right now that you are really interested in, as you say in that intersection but yeah we were kind of on the early edge of that um and in fact we had our own conference we created called the zero trade-off investment conference because like we're looking at things that can actually create a great financial return and a great social return right um but clean energy was was one of those and we you know got involved with a company called o power that was really about using um Social psychology to get people to reduce their energy use, and that okay. ended up being, you know huge success. And you know again, show me what's possible. Inner city, we've had a focus on inner city and ethnic entrepreneurs. So um, still on the board of a uh, company that's not called "You Are Welcome." You are uh, yep. welcome with a U "You" and a R. R," and um, it's kind of like a USAA for immigrants. Um, and then we had an Inner City, uh, something called The Villa, which was an inner city shoe store, really a guy who took his parents' sneaker store and started opening up the inner city and building wow. life, you know, work skills and life skills and um, into a number of those things. then full circle fund, I realized so many of my friends from business school and law school that did have a really deep interest in doing good in the world, but they were busy. Everyone's you know, you're busy with your lives, your work, your kids. And so we said let's pull together our time and our money. And that was full circle Fund. We started that actually this is almost exactly 20 years ago that we start 20th anniversary year. Wow. And, um, and it's just that way I found, you know, like you see some books behind me. I find when I'm part of a book club, I read more books. So when I'm part of something like Full Circle, um, I end up giving more
1: because you build a social community around giving and it's also it's available so i mean right now uh, right a lot of the a lot of this idea of you want to get something done you you know i i love behavioral economics when you talk about the social psychology of, of, of yes. reducing energy so and it's it's you know so I, dan Ariely is is a big mentor of mine and one of the things that i was always inspired right. by him was he says listen we're irrational people we can't really it's very hard to change ourselves but if we can change our environment to fit what we want to achieve like joining a book club and then you're systematically forced to read a book or if you want or, or if you're joining the Full Circle Fund and now you have the accessibility to go and help others. I think that I think that's marvelous. Josh, tell me a little bit about this, you know, innovation and in government because I, I want to make sure we leave enough time for this because I think it's fascinating. You're running for Senate. What? what how do you do this transition from entrepreneur investor to government? What, what motivates you to do that?
0: Sure. I probably have Dan Ariely's book uh, right behind Wonderful. me. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, but the, um, yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, you, you kind of look and see where you can have the biggest impact. And when I started uh, really focusing on the state of California, realizing, you know, we have a $200 billion budget, you know, as if, if it were our own country, it would be the fifth or sixth largest economy in the world. And there's really not that many state senators, just 40 state senators. And, um, and probably, you know, five to 10 of those 40 who are really um, probably the most influential and then unsolid you see that as an opportunity for change. Essentially, this is the board of directors for the state of California, the the you know, state Senate and the state house. And when I sort of focus on that, I just, wow, well, this is a real uh, opportunity. And you know, listen, I'm sure, um, and I talked to friends up there now and, you know, it, it is still, you know, you 40 in the Senate, 80 in, this, in the house. So There's still 120 people. It's still, um, you know, I'm sure it's going to be bureaucratic in, at times and, but when you look at the opportunity for leverage, I think it's tremendous. And whether it's meeting our clean energy goals, where California, I think it's the hope, certainly for the U.S. and, and one of the big hopes for the world. And I'm, by the way, I'm really excited about collaboration as I've done in my past life um, about collaborating with Israel and the amazing technology around water. Uh, totally. And around solar, around storage uh, that's coming out of Israel. Really looking forward to collaborating there. So, it, you know, whether it's clean energy, whether it was... Um, focusing on social justice and criminal justice reform, that California was this huge leverage point. And I got really excited about
1: that. And And that's what, you know, that's what I'm going up there to do. That's incredible. So, and is this like a, you know, a spontaneous, you know, gut feeling that you have to do this, or is this something that you feel like you've worked towards for years? Which of these two?
0: You know, it's a little bit of both, to be honest. I mean, like I said, I started out in DC, you know, before I came out to Stanford and business school, law school, you know, I was already focused on policy. So it's not, you know, like a brand new, like I woke up one day and decided I had to do it. So I'd say it was more of an evolution, um, in terms of really, like, I never thought I would personally run. Um, that's something I never thought for sure would ever happen. So, uh, but I was always very interested in policy, maybe more so than other kids or other, you know, young adults. So I'd say it's a bit of an evolution.
1: Right, and and I mean, you're gonna come there. I don't know how many uh, people that are senators have a background, uh, this entrepreneurial and innovative background that you have. Do you think that's gonna be a challenge, or or is that going to be you know a fun experience, being the sort well, of the odd one out? You now. know, I
0: think it'll. I think it'll be a little bit of. Uh, uh, I think it'll be a little bit of both. I, I'm sure it'll be some um, you know eye opening situations. Um, I'm so sure it'll be a little bit of both. Uh, but I'm, I am really excited about it. I mean, hopefully people will turn to me on certain issues and look at me that I've got some degree of of, of expertise uh, to bring. Um, right. But at the same time, you know, I need to be humble as well and realize there's a lot I have to learn about the state of California. I'm already starting now, but, you know, it's such a massive state with the with agricultural economy, the Hollywood economy, the tech economy. There's just so much to um To learn, like I said, I just got back on this trip. You know, all the way down the Eastern Sierras, all the way to Death Valley. It's a really
1: incredibly diverse state, so I've got a lot to learn. I, I think it's unbelievable, but you know, the perception of young entrepreneurs like myself, when we think of you know, government senator, congressman, we we look back at these at these funny videos with Zuckerberg sitting in front of Congress, and they're asking him, "Well, how do so how do ads work? Are you you know tracking people, and are you showing them stuff that they should buy?" and And, no, so in our perception, somebody who sits in the government is not necessarily the most tech savvy and not necessarily the best representative of where of where innovation takes it. You're bringing a different perspective to this. Do you so are you how do you see sort of this this mishmash of, you know, both bureaucracy and innovation and tech and, you know, crises that are happening? I mean, you really have to balance everything.
0: Yeah, I think when you look at quick
1: change in government, and
0: I've also done that in law, by the way. I started a whole company, spent ten years in legal analytics. We brought data and analytics to the law, um, which was a long. You know, so that was what does that mean? Game. Bringing data and analytics I mean, to the law. Yeah, in politics, sometimes you got to play the long game uh, too, and um, you know, thinking driving across the state. You know, I've been on the board of UC Merced for fifteen years. That was a government decision. Said, "Hey, we need to start a new UC campus in the Central Valley," and you know, first it was you know, 100 students, and now it'll be 10,000 students. Wow. And we just had, and my friend Jack's now at Google Access. We had a great call now that, you know, Google is getting serious about diversifying the STEM pipeline, and we've got all these great diverse, you know, engineering students coming out. of Wonderful. And and so, you know, sometimes you guys, but, you know, it took a long, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but it was, you know, people were very forward-thinking to say, hey, great, we need a new UC. Let's put it in the Central Valley. Let's um, encourage,
1: you know, college attendance and, and um, so, as soon as you got to play the long game in government. No, no. And Jack, Jack is a, is actually a very good friend of my father's. And I, he's uh, every time I meet him, I'm my mind is just blown. Uh, it's the the work they're doing there on on quantum computing is just phenomenal. But uh, I, so bringing uh, analytics and data to legal, what, what does that mean? What what, what what did you try to do there? Sure, I, you know,
0: um, basically in a nutshell, we realized um, it started really around patent, uh, some you know area that a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, get very frustrated with our the system. And we realized there's just, there's no data. There's no data about, we get hit with a patent lawsuit. Who is this person assuming? What's their pattern of behavior? Are they looking for a quick buck or is this a serious company that takes right. things all the way? And, and, it, you know, and they've got a serious claim here. There's really, there was no data, no data about judges. Who's this judge I'm in front of? What is their pattern? What is her pattern of behavior? Um, and so we realized it's endemic in law. There's just no data. And so we said, that data is actually out there. It's just buried in millions of lawsuits. So we said, hey, we can you know extract out these millions of data points from millions of cases. Then we could tell you, if you're in front of a certain judge, we can say, hey, in the last thousand cases of this type in front of this judge, um, here's the lawyers that have the most experience. Wow. Here's who've won the most motions. Here's you know a strategy you might think about pursuing. And... Um, and, you
1: know, here's how this judge has ruled in these kinds of cases. I mean, I think so, I kind of blindly assume that this is how a lot of these law firms work today, that when they're advising on a case, they're able to look back at thousands of other similar cases because, you know, history repeats itself constantly and and be able to give those insights. But you're saying that that's not really the case.
0: Well, the thing is, I, mean, I know a lot of brilliant lawyers, but you can't keep 3,000 cases in your head. I mean, it's been the ultimate anecdata business, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I had this case in front of this judge and I remember this.
1: and you know, um, and really I love that anecdata. I've never heard that yeah. before. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna start using Anecdotes that. Anecdotes is anecdata, <laughs> and, and that's really what it's been.
0: It's all reputation based too. Oh, this law firm's got a great reputation. Oh, you, you know, i need a great lawyer. Oh, you got to talk to, you know, Lisa. Um, but really, there's just no data behind it. I mean, it's like VC too. Frankly, you know, you always put your wins. You know, if you go to any VC website, they're gonna say, "Oh, look at all our great exits." They don't say. You know, oh, here's the other hundred companies we invested in that didn't make it, right? hundred percent. Just, you know, I mean, now you know with CrunchBit, I mean, now people have gotten a little more data there, but that was also a data void. Interesting. So you start, and so when was it that you started this firm? So this is actually it was a public interest project at Stanford Law, um, and what was amazing, you probably know Andrew Ng, of course, uh, Google Day. So Andrew, when he was uh, still full-time at Stanford, and then Chris Manning, who runs Natural Language Processing. Yeah. Um, the uh, the founders of the Public Interest Project went to Andrew and Chris and said, will you help us? And they first said no, because they're very busy. And then ultimately they said, hey, this is good for the country. And they got involved and they got excited about, and wow. especially Chris, you know, Natural Language Processing. So this was, I was very fortunate. This is way before I was involved. This was back in 2006, 2007. And then it spun off as, as a public interest project in late 2010, they brought me in 2011 to grow it. So, but it took, you know, it still took nine years. Now it's part of LexisNexis and it's growing. You know, we just passed 3 million cases that are now in the system. We just added a whole new area of law. We're starting to add States now because so much of what happens at the state level. And that's even much, much harder. Of course, even get the raw materials because most States don't even have electronic court records. So, you know, it's been the long game, the long journey, but it's now,
1: trans. it's really transforming the way law is practical. Wow, so you worked on projects with Jack Hittery. The, your, this project was had involvement with Andrew and Chris, and I mean, these are just, you know, the top of the top of the top of the world thinkers. So I think that's just, that's incredible. What are you most excited about moving forward? And, and I actually right before that, the election how does it even work like what like what do you have to do because it you know a lot of the times when you know people in tech they're thinking of the you know politicians and and you know the elections it almost it it seems like like oh yeah he has to go do that he has to go and say and and talk these he has to go talk he can't just do talk to me a little bit about this election process sure
0: one thing I'll just say you know because a lot of people who are entrepreneurs come in they think they can just kind of kind of waltz in and, and the political system. And it doesn't work that way. You ha- really have to become part of the ecosystem. You, you have to really get to know, um, all the players and, you know, what used you say "What 98% of life is just showing up, you really have to show up at all the local democratic clubs and all the local, uh, meetings and really get to know people. You cannot right. just waltz in and say, Hey, I'm going to run for this, this thing. You're, it's just, it's, it's a very different, um, the worlds even here in Silicon Valley are just not connected people, you know, um, in fact, it can also be a negative in some ways. So you really, so I really put in a, a many years of hard work, um, uh, and fun work, but, you know, hard work at the local level and just, you know, getting to know people and, and, and spent 18 months before the primary even wow. just in this race alone. So, um, you know, cause we have 24 cities in my district And it spans all Silicon Valley from South San Francisco down to Sunnyvale. And, you know, each one has city council members, each has school board members, there's county officials, and they're doing hard work for many years. And you got to understand that. So you really have to put in the time. And I'm I'm proud that I did that, finished first in the primary. We have in California a great system, a top two system. So basically the top two vote getters advance. And what that means is Usually, you actually have two Democrats in this area, so people then get to choose between a flavor of Democrat, right? Um, or in Orange County, you might have two Republicans. Actually, in my race, um, I did very well, and there was a lot of other Democrats. So it ended up being me and a Republican that are, will be facing off in um, in November. So we have the, the top for two the whole for the whole now. state. Uh, what you say? For that that's going to be for the whole state? No, again, no, no. This this is our district. So we've. Each state senate district is about a million people. So our district is from everything from basically everything from the border of San Francisco down to Sunnyvale.
1: Okay. So okay. I get the uh,
0: Israeli kibbutz in Sunnyvale as part
1: of my <laughs> as part of my. 100. Uh, you know, I thought it was. I had a talk with the uh, with the mayor of Sunnyvale back then, uh, Larry. About uh, back in you know what was it? Uh, I think two three months ago. And I thought, and, it, and then he, halfway through the talk, he mentioned that he's also a program manager at a startup at a battery startup, and I thought it was just it was it was hilarious that he that you know I'm talking to a mayor of a city you know in Israel you never have that uh, so i think it was just it was just phenomenal uh, and what are you most excited about you know the next few years uh, potentially you know serving as a senator
0: yeah very excited about the opportunity to make change in areas that we've we've talked about
1: yeah
0: um, uh, clean energy got to lead the world uh criminal justice reform um education, you know, talk, uh, higher education. I mean, we need three more UC Merced's uh, in this state, um, more access for kids. Um, those are just a few of the areas, but I'm, I'm really excited about the opportunity, um, you know, to, to lead in all those, build a world-class transportation system here, especially
1: in the Bay Area. I just got off a call on that. So those are some things I'm really passionate about. And now looking at this, you know, this crisis that we're facing globally, and you're at the intersection of both innovation and government, so you're getting the flavor of both. You know, in your take, what what are we headed with this, and and what are you know the things to be either optimistic about or pessimistic about? I think there's really optimistic, and we've seen even through this
0: pandemic, um, both how communities have rallied. I mean, certainly in the U.S., we have some divisiveness and polarization right now that we need to get through. Um, but you've also seen there's a lot of great stories about neighbors helping neighbors, and and innovation, whether people how they're running their small businesses differently, how cities are opening up streets for restaurants. Um, or how I just got emailed today, I mean we looked at a guy, hey, I'm leaving Samsung to leave this COVID-related company and I was like, wow, wow really cool. So I mean, there's a lot of people doing really cool um work and it's gonna and and the and biotech is also an area I spent a lot of time on now, um, especially in oncology and and you know, to see the, we will have a vaccine and, and faster than we've ever had one before. And um, you know, it's not overnight as these as these things
1: are, but we're getting there. And the innovation piece is critical. One hundred percent, Josh. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for doing this right after you, you after you're back from your trip. Before we leave, I have to ask you for three words that best describe you. Uh, thank you. Um, I would say uh, innovative. Um thoughtful, and passionate. Innovative, thoughtful, passionate. And I think, you know, one of the things that I'm most is inspired by, and I'm taking a lesson for myself, is this uh, persistence and consistency with putting the public interest first. I think it, it shines on, on all the different endeavors over the, over the past decades. And the fact that you're able to do these endeavors with, you know, the, the greatest thought leaders in the world uh, seriously, I mean, all all the people that we've talked about, I mean, they're really just incredible. And I'm very, very excited uh, that, you know, people are now entering the pol- uh, the politics space and government with the insight and the experience of what it takes to bring innovation. And, uh, and uh, thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you up there. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye-bye.